Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking end zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And I am joined to answer some mailbag questions by my friend who is the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? What's up, Scott? Happy fifth birthday to Play Like a Jet. Thank you, sir. I will say, even more important, though, than the fifth anniversary of Play Like a Jet, can't believe it started five years ago, right before the Jets were heading into that tank year with Josh McCown that, of course, they messed up and then had to trade up and use all those assets and get Darnold, who didn't work out. I'm going to stop now because I'm going to start depressing everybody. <laughs> but more important than any of that is it's nice out now, so I can actually go for a walk in a T-shirt without having to bundle up. I can't take much more of these winters. I know it's part of living on the Northeast, Nick, but I've had enough. Yeah, once it gets to, like, it's always the extremes that you're – it's just so uncomfortable. Like you can yeah. – you know, the the winters feel nice in December, and but by the time mid-January comes, you're just, you know, sick of it. Same thing with like, you know, the beginning of August up here where it's mm. 95 degrees every day and, uh, you know, humid and you just don't want to be outside anymore. That's why if you like good weather, the place to be is San Diego. I think Louis Black had that joke years ago where he said – if you're a weatherman in San Diego, you're basically stealing money because every day you come on TV and just say, <laughs> all right, it's 70 and sunny today. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I would sign up for that every day. 
So would I, sir. So would I. And I'm sure that a lot of the people that are asking questions in the mailbag would too. But they didn't ask any questions about the weather. If they did, I'd have to bring in my friend Ed Valley, who's a professional meteorologist. Maybe I will do a weather mailbag at some point. But for now, we'll answer some questions about the Jets. We'll start with our friend Sean Stalker. He says, Scott, big fan of Joe Douglas's moves to build depth through free agency in the draft with quality starters. But which players on this team do you think, if any, can turn into elite players and make a Pro Bowl? On offense or defense The last one the Jets had was Leonard Williams In 2016 as a first alternate That is sad Well I think you're forgetting about Jamal Adams Because he was a all pro and a pro bowler A couple of times here for the Jets So that's the guy really that was the last one If we're not talking about special teams I would have said Quentin Williams And I know Nick you don't like Quentin Williams As much as I do but the problem is the way that this rotation works, he's only going to play like 40 to 45% of the snaps. So I don't think there's any way he's going to have the kind of numbers you would need to get into the Pro Bowl. If I'm thinking about it just off the top of my head, I would say that there's a good chance that somebody from the offensive line goes to the Pro Bowl. I would say if Becton stays healthy, maybe him. Lakin Tomlinson was a Pro Bowler last year, so that's a possibility. Maybe even Elijah Vera Tucker. And then Elijah Moore is certainly a possibility. We saw what he could do when he was healthy last year and really got cooking. If he can maintain that for a full season, there's no reason he couldn't be in contention for a Pro Bowl spot. Sauce Gardner certainly, but I think he's probably not going to do it his rookie year. Off the top of my head, those are the guys I think are probably the most likely. C.J. Mosley is obviously a candidate, too, just because he's as good as he is. But he's in that area now where he's pushing to be past his prime, so I'm not sure. But he is still an excellent linebacker, so it's possible. So that would be my answer as far as who's most likely. I'd say somebody on the O-line, Elijah Moore, and maybe outside shot for Mosley. I don't think it's going to be Gardner rookie year, but looking two, three years down the road, he's certainly a candidate for it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're on it there. Uh, I would say if you're talking about this year, you know, you're you're looking at, like you said, Lakin Tomlinson, um, Vera Tucker, maybe like a Quinn and Williams if, if if they don't really kind of hold them to that like 40, 45% snap total. Um if we're talking about, like you said, two years, I would, I, I think Vera Tucker and he's like my, my guy this year that I think is going to just be like a top player at his position. I think you're going to look at a top five guard in football this year. I just, I have so much, I have such high expectations for, for Vera Tucker. So um, if I had to put it on anybody, I would say him. Um, I think Sus Gardner absolutely has a chance. If not, you know, next year, then the year after that, you're talking about a potential all pro corner because he just has, you know, he has it all when you're looking at that cornerback spot. So um, this year, I would say one of the two linemen, um, possibly Quinnen. Uh, and then if you're talking about, you know, two, three years down the line, I would say uh, ABT and, and Sauce and outside chance of I'm a big Garrett Wilson guy. So um, if he could turn into the guy that I think he could be, I would say he might be in that consideration as well. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He says, do you think this offense has enough talent to win shootouts? It might, but it's really hard to say. It's sort of a TBD because is Zach Wilson good enough to be a top 10 quarterback? I can't tell you that for sure right now. How good is Garrett Wilson going to be? I can't tell you that for sure right now. How good is Brees Hall going to be? I can't tell you that for sure right now. They have pieces that look like they could be good enough to maybe win some shootouts. I don't know about beating, say, Kansas City or Buffalo, but going up against teams where you'd have to score 30 to 35 points, maybe, maybe not. This year will do a lot to tell us if they're headed in that direction. Yeah, can they win a shootout or two? Yeah, sure. But it's it's you know it's always comes it comes down to what we all want to see with with Zach Wilson in this offense, and that's consistency. Like, can they consistently score thirty points? You know, in a game where they need to, if the defense you know isn't you know holding their end of the bargain, we'll see. Um, but I think you know we saw it last year. Zach won you know the, the Titans game, and you know even the Buccaneers game was it wasn't so what so much of a shootout. You know, but the Bucks obviously started to turn it on a bit, but Zach was, you know, there were, there were drives where they were just going up and down the field and scoring. You're like, wow, this, this offense has potential. Um, so I think they can, they can do it, you know, here and there, a few handful of games. Um, it'll all be, it'll be about, you know, how consistently can Zach Wilson perform? Um, and that, and that's what we want to see, you know, going forward. We don't want the, the flashes here and there where we're like, you know, you remember that one throw in the third quarter of the Titans game? It's like those those plays shouldn't be what we're like hanging our hats on. Those those should be more, you know, frequent. And we shouldn't have to just like, you know, top ten plays of the Jets season and it's hard to find ten of them. Um so hopefully it's you know, it's something where it's more consistent every week. Next question comes in from Nick seven four two six five four seven six. He says, "Should the Jets sign Quan Alexander and Larry Ogunjobi?" And then Forever Shining asks, "What is the holdup with Quan Alexander and Larry Ogunjobi? Is it just money?" So, should they sign them? Sure, I'd like to see that. They'd both be improvements over what the Jets have. What is the holdup? I'm pretty sure that it is money, right, Nick? Yeah, and I think Quan Alexander is definitely more likely because. Um he's not at the point of his career anymore where he's going to go out and command like an eight to $10 million contract. So 
Um, again, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was with you, Scott, like a couple of weeks ago, I think it's something where the Jets want to see through minicamp what they have with, um, you know, Quin- uh, Quin- Quincy, Sherwood, uh, Hamsa, you know, some of the, other, the undrafted guy, um, see what they have there. If they're not in love with it, you know, they can go and give Quan Alexander like, you know, a one-year $4 million deal, and he'll come in and probably take most of the snaps there. Um, Ogan Joby, I think, is going to – you know, he, he – his situation with the Bears, he was really frustrated with what happened because he felt he, he was healthy. Um, you know, his personal – you know, his personal doctor said he was healthy and, and could have passed a physical. Uh, got a really good contract, like not just a – um, who is who just signed during the week? Someone got like up to eleven million dollars on a deal. I forget who, um, but I don't know if it was Clowney or somebody else. But he got like a you know a, a, almost a three year guaranteed contract. So he was guaranteed upwards in, in the twenty million dollar range, um, and he was you know excited about that obviously. And, and when you know when he heard that the Bears couldn't you know couldn't get him passed through that physical. Uh, it was really a frustrating you know, situation for him. So he's still probably just trying to hold. Oh, it was uh, Akeem Hicks got a, a one year almost up to like $10 million with the Bucks. So Ogan Joby's probably looking in that same range. And right now, um, I don't think the Jets are, are in that position to, to pay a, again, a rotational defensive lineman upwards of eight to $10 million. So if it's something where Ogan Joby can't find that elsewhere and, you know, say the number is like $6 million, uh, maybe he he ends up here, um, but I would say Quan is more, is more likely as long as the linebackers don't kind of jump off at you in, in these mini camps. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He says, "Gentlemen, at this point, what moves, if any, do you think the Jets should make? Also, name something you would have done differently this past off season if you were the GM. Keep up the great work." So this is an easy answer for me as far as what I would have done differently, Nick. We both know I'm going to say Amari Cooper. I would have traded a fifth-round pick <laughs> for him, and I would have restructured his deal the way the Browns did. I think he's only getting like $5 million this year. I thought that was a no-brainer. Apparently, the Jets didn't. We'll see how it works out, but I would have liked to have had him in here. You could have done that and still drafted Garrett Wilson. Wouldn't have been a problem. As far as other moves the Jets could make, Maybe Ogan Joby or Quan Alexander like we were talking about, but really beyond that, I think you're just waiting to see who gets cut after training camp. Maybe there'll be some sort of late pickup like Morgan Moses last year, but at the moment, other than Ogan Joby and Quan Alexander, nobody really stands out to me. Yeah, I would say I would say the same. I, I think I'll I'll let you know, I'll let everybody kind of pick their favorite veteran receiver that they could have either acquired or um well, yeah, just acquired because I, I wasn't in love with signing any of these guys this offseason. So, um, on the, except the outside kind of smaller deal for an Allen Robinson. But um, I would say that was the one that I was probably the most disappointed, if you could say that. Um, yeah, I wasn't really in love with kind of throwing around a ton of money at like Chandler Jones and guys like that. So that didn't bother me as much. Um, so it would definitely have been the vet, you know, trading for the veteran receiver. Um, as for what's left, I think Quan Alexander is a great ad. I, I mean, I love Alexander Johnson, the linebacker from the Broncos. I just don't think he's a fit for what the Jets are doing. And I don't, I don't know why he's still out there. Um, I know he's getting a little older and you know, his coverage skills aren't great. Um, <clears throat> but I think adding another linebacker would help. Um, I would, I, I would, I mean, I know they love uh, LaMarcus Joyner. I wouldn't mind them taking a look at Chikwisky Tart, who's a free agent still on a cheap deal. 
Um, don't think he would command much, but I don't think that's the route they're going to go down. But like you said, it's we'll, we'll see. You know, does Deion Jones get cut? Um, does a guy like uh, <clears throat> you know another pass rusher get cut? So we'll, we'll see around that. You know, the the, the pre training camp or even even after training camp market how that goes. Um, but as of right now, I think the linebacker spot is probably the the, the weakest link. Next question comes in from Tectonic83. He says, what additions or releases will occur after June 1st? Nick, I'll throw this to you. Have you been hearing any whispers about any veterans that are notable that could be released after June 1st? Yeah, I think a name like Deion Jones, like I mentioned in the previous question, is one to, to definitely watch. It seems like he's his tenure in Atlanta is coming to an end. I know he had some offseason, I think it was shoulder surgery, and he's going to miss all the workouts. So it seems like you know they're both moving on. So that's someone to watch. Obviously has history with uh, Ulbrich in Atlanta. Um, PFF did a pretty cool write-up about uh, five or six guys that uh, contracts are become a little bit more flexible after June 1. So there's another uh, Eagles interior lineman, Isaac Sumalu, uh, the Giants receiver, Darius Slayton, Derek Wolf from the Ravens, uh, Chris Carson, the running back in Seattle. And another interesting one that you know I could see maybe the Jets kind of taking a flyer on is that D Ford from the 49ers. Um, has history with Salah, had a great year in 2019 with him, but he's you know been injured and just hasn't been the same player since. But you know, again, a guy who's been in you know been in camp and workouts at least and has been staying in, in game shape, um, and maybe comes in on a cheaper deal here and beats out one of the guys that you sign, like a you know Solomon Thomas or even um, you know one of the other pass rushers that the Jets picked up in free agency, and maybe he. Ford comes in and proves he has more left in the tank than any of those guys. Um, so that's, that's an interesting one to watch. And, you know, you still have a lot of solid veteran free agents out there, but um, you know, some of the guys that are going to get cut either in the coming weeks or even in training camp um, or after training camp they're they've at least been through, you know, uh, off season workouts and mini camps. So they're more, um, you know, in, in game shape and better football shape than guys who've been on the street, you know, in free agents so far. So um, I'm sure there'll be some some names that we don't think of that'll get cut as we get closer and definitely after, you know, roster cut down days. So I don't think the the Jets roster is, is finished yet. I mean, you, we know Douglas with the waiver claims, he's very active there. Um, so I'm sure there'll be two or three more moves that the Jets make before week one. Next question comes in from Donald Kendrick. He says, when and where can we watch Jets practice? Well, to steal a line from Wade Barrett, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. You can't watch it. Maybe in training camp you can go and watch, but right now with OTAs and minicamp, nope. Close to the public, the only people that are allowed in are press. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do any kind of uh, little video clips, but I think that's the only, maybe the little crumbs that they'll throw you from, from camp, so you might just have to follow some of those updates from the guys. Next question comes in from Jersey Jet. He says, Moore and Wilson have the making of a monster pairing. What do you think their ceiling is in two to five years? It's a tough question to answer. There's so many variables that play into this. If everything goes exactly the way that the Jets planned it when they drafted Wilson and Moore, they could be one of the top combinations in the league two to five years from now. That's the ceiling. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's realistic for them to reach that ceiling. I think if you want to temper your expectations, you would say maybe a top 12 to 15 duo in the league. But again, there's so many things in play here. How good is Wilson going to be? Can Moore stay healthy? 
what is going to happen with the rest of the quarterbacks and receiver combinations in the league? Are they going to stay together? Are they going to break up? Because nobody foresaw Tyreek Hill getting traded away from Patrick Mahomes, for example. So the ceiling is one of the top combinations in the league, but the more realistic expectation is along the lines of what I said, sort of in that 12 to 15 range, as we always say with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's so hard to tell now because of after the rough rookie season, but, you know, the additions that they've made and, and the arrow seems to be pointing up. Um, so I think, you know, we'll have a better feel for that question after I know it sounds like a cop out, but you know, we'll have a better feel for that question. Maybe, maybe not even a year from now, maybe like the middle of November. Um, we should kind of see if more stays healthy. If Zach takes the next step. Um, I mean, but man, the, the talent level for both of these guys are there and it's really, I mean, I know it's kind of, it makes us cringe when we hear it because of Christopher Johnson, but they both are playing football the way, you know, office offenses are trending in this league. So um, those are the type of guys that you love to kind of see them reach their full potential and see just how good they both are. Next question comes in from Tyler Wolf. He says, how's Lawrence Cager looking at tight end? Anything there? I haven't heard anything. I wouldn't expect much. I mean, they went out and signed Conklin and Ozama and they drafted Jeremy Ruckert. If anything, maybe Lawrence Cager is a depth piece somewhere, but I don't know that he's even going to make the roster. Maybe he's a practice squad candidate. I wouldn't be counting on anything from him. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't. I don't think there's much there. <laughs> not to be, not to be a, a Debbie Downer, but I mean, you even have guys like the great Trayvon Wesco is still on the roster, and um, Kenny Yaboa, who who showed some flashes as a receiver. So Cager is probably like sixth or seventh on the depth. Like, how many snaps is he realistically getting, even in you know training camp? So. Um, Unless there's something there that we're all not seeing, I just don't, I wouldn't expect too much. Next question comes in from JP Waxer. He says, do you care that there are early reports Zach Wilson is missing easy throws during the start of OTAs? Not really. That's sort of what OTAs are for, just to mess around and play around and see where everybody's at and try some things. If we're hearing that in training camp he's constantly missing the mark, and certainly if we're seeing it in preseason games, then you might be concerned. But mini camp OTAs, I'm not really going to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't. I don't want to overreact. I don't even know how many OTAs and like 11 on 11s they've done, or even seven on sevens. But you don't want to be hearing that after it being such a big issue last year. You would hope, like, you know. At least you're not talking about the the hardest thing to, you know, grow and, and develop as a quarterback in doing are those checkdowns and some of those easy throws. They're easy throws for a reason. So you would hope those kind of just come naturally. Um, so if that's like something we have to worry about all summer into the preseason, you know, then, yeah, week one, we're going to be worried. And especially if you start seeing it again, like you saw last year early in the year. So I'm not like overreacting about it right now, but you just, you don't love to hear, it. you know, you would just hope that you don't even hear anything about it because it's supposed to be like natural. So if it's still an issue, then, um, you know, you don't love it. But again, it's, it's June, what, third and fourth or whatever. So uh, I'm not going to worry about that. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Visit playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel to check out everything we're doing over there. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great All-22 breakdowns of all the Jets' draft picks. Plus, he just did a review of Zach Wilson's improvement 
after he came back from injury last year. Watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.